Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and in this episode, you will you will discover how to be confident on video, how to come up with unlimited content ideas, and how to produce them, and how the big mistakes to avoid in your videos. And you will watch yours truly get exposed and coached by your by my friend Bob Rignaris. Welcome, Bob. Thank you for having me, Mustafa. Always good to chat with you, buddy. Absolutely. So the topic today is how to be confident on video, which is an important topic. And a lot of people, people would rather die than get on video and talk in front of people. So we're <laughs> going to talk about that. And uh, so as usual, please make sure to like and subscribe to the show, uh, whichever channel you're watching. If you have any questions, uh, put your questions as a comment. And if you have a friend that could benefit from being confident on video, which should be about 99% of business owners, tag them in a comment and have them share this valuable information that we're going to talk about and share. Bob has been doing this for a long time. He is a marketing legend and he knows his stuff and you'll know more about that. Now, I'm also sharing the step-by-step -step checklist and blueprint for my program, Simple Retention Formula, which allows you to get appointments, sales, and referrals Basically, as soon as you implement the program, it's a checklist and blueprint in a PDF format. And if you're interested in that, type the word retention as a comment and we'll send you a link so you could get access to it. Now, let me introduce my friend Bob and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation. Bob Rogneris is the co-founder of Free uh, Feed Stories and a digital marketing expert and author of five books, including the fourth edition of The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising. Since 1998, Bob has been helping his clients achieve their goals through digital media and storytelling, and he's eager to share his experience with you today. Bob is a sought-after expert in the area of Facebook advertising and deep funnel video marketing strategies. Most important, Bob is a husband to his high school sweetheart and a dad to two amazing daughters and is a high school basketball coach. Welcome, Bob. Always good to be here. Um, Great to see you. How does how does a uh, how does a programmer end up being a digital marketing expert and more importantly, a video guy? I think we, we think we need to dig into that a little bit. We will do that. So how's your day going so far? Uh, like we chatted, it's always an interesting day to be an entrepreneur. You never know what shows up. Today, we're dealing with a fire, and uh, I will deal with that fire as soon as we're done having this conversation. So I am fully committed. My phone is silenced. Everything's off. I'm here for you and the listeners today. Fantastic. And I think that's part of being in business, right? Fires show up, and we need to deal with them. You that That is that is the life of an entrepreneur. We are problem solvers, and so we... We solve problems and pretty much all day long. Um, I would prefer not to have to solve so many problems, but that's the life we choose. So I'm good. Absolutely. I'm I'm good with it. The roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Some days, yeah. I just got back from uh, Disney, so like I can appreciate that. I can appreciate appreciate the roller coaster analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but where about are you located? I'm in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Born and raised here. Um, Bears fan, Chicago White Sox fan, Chicago Blackhawks, Bulls fan. So um, I, I do love my sports. And uh, as you read in my bio, being a high school basketball coach, you probably got that hint as well. Very nice. So let's get started. Bob, please tell, tell us about your story. What's your story and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? 
Yeah, I, I've been I've been dealing with computers since I was in sixth grade. Uh, I, I remember sitting down uh, in our math class one year in sixth grade, and we got to work on something called an Apple IIe. So if you're old enough to know that, that's kind of a first generation Apple computer, and I was hooked. Like I love that, and so uh, I. I went to college. Uh, I graduated as a programmer. I worked as a programmer for major corporations, and it led me to the internet. 1997, 1998, I developed my first e-commerce website, sold it to a client. And uh, how I got into marketing is very interesting. That client that I built the website for said, we love our website. How do we get traffic to it? And I said, oh, I know how to do that. Had no idea how to do that, um, so that started my that started my uh, adventure into into learning marketing. So uh, I'm I'm a fan of Dan Kennedy. Perry Marshall is a good friend of mine. Um, I I have been a student of marketing, you know, for 20, 23 years now. And the reason that I'm talking about video is something pretty significant happened to me in 2016. So um, as you know, I wrote the book on Facebook. I was at Facebook headquarters in September of 2016. And there's about 100 advertisers in the room. And all they talked about that day, Mustafa, was video. They said, we're a video company now. We're going to emphasize video. We're going to prioritize video. You're going to get better response from video in your advertising, in your organic. And I... I heard, like I listened and I literally at the lunch break, went downstairs, went outside. I was in the sidewalk outside of Facebook headquarters. I called my now business partner, Brandon, and said, hey, this is what I just heard. Like video is going to be where things are going. And we essentially started Feed Stories from the sidewalk outside of Facebook headquarters uh, about six years ago. So, you know, how does how does a digital programmer, digital marketer end up? you know, co-founding a video company, it's because of what a digital platform like Facebook admitted about video. And it's become really critical for all businesses. And that's what we've been doing and enjoy, have been enjoying doing for the last five or six years. Love it. No, that's a, that's a fascinating story. And uh, hmm, video is amazing. It, it, it's very engaging. And I, I really like video. And we'll, we'll, we'll dig deeper into that. So what yeah. do you do these days and who do you serve? You know, it's interesting. Um, I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like, you know, I, I'm a high school basketball coach, but I'm also a business coach. I, I just do a ton of coaching in all aspects of my life. So I, you know, I tend to give the advice if you're kind of searching for something like go to a niche, right? And we're in a business where we don't really niche. So I'm kind of doing the opposite of the advice I give people. But we do have a we do have an archetype, which is we work with business owners and founders. Those that's ninety nine percent of our clients. Um, they are typically in the one million to ten million dollar range. Uh, they are the face of their business. They are interacting with customers. They are the active founders that you and I really know and uh, love to serve. And what we know about that is a founder that can be confident and talk about her or his business on camera, connect with prospective clients and customers is, is an amazing thing. So that's who we work with. We, we work with founders and we work with uh, business owners that are in front of those, in front of those customers. They are the face of their company. Love it. So you work with one to $10 million 
dollar businesses with the founder who is the face yep. of the business and you help them, I guess, get more exposure, brand awareness and, uh, and the rest of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you went down our client roster right now, you'd, you'd be like, what, what do they do? I mean, we work with mortgage, bro mortgage brokers. We have dentists, we have functional medical doctors. Uh, we have tax strategists, we have hospitality companies, we have authors, we have speakers, we have consultants, uh, we have coaches. Um, we have somebody who is on, um, who helps people um, uh, work with cancer, like they're, they're, they're cancer patients. We just talked with uh, that client this morning. Um, we, we deal with all kinds of businesses and that's kind of a key for us, which is there's no business that video couldn't be integrated into that would make their sales conversion, that would make their connection with the marketplace more significant. Um, video is the way to do that. And uh, we believe it's really important for you to communicate with customers in, in this particular format. Love it. Love it. So let's dive into sharing some tips and, and sharing, share, would love to tap into your expertise. Um, sure. I've seen business owners that the moment you tell them you need to be on video, they freeze up and they forget mm -hmm. their mother tongue and everything just, they just freeze. Right. What's the yeah. best way to build up the courage and the confidence to deal with this whole, whole video thing. Cause a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. Yeah. There's, there's really kind of three big problems people have with video. Number one is they, they don't really know how to get it done. They don't know what to say when the camera turns on and they don't know what to do with it when they're done. So let's break this down. Like how do you actually get the courage to be on camera? Well, one thing that you and I do every single day is we talk business, right? We are interacting with prospects. We're interacting with customers. We have so much knowledge that just lives in our brain that we are completely unaware of how much we really know. We're, we, we actually take it for granted. So one of the things that we like to say is that if you spend the day talking about your expertise, you're interacting with your marketplace, you are going to be fine on video. So part of you being confident on video is just tapping into the fact that you know your business. Now, we're we're not going to put you on camera at, at our company if you're not clear about who you are and who you serve. Um, that's why we don't deal with a lot of startups or people that really aren't ready yet. Because when you're not clear about what you do and you're not really experienced, you're going to come off like you're going to come off as that on camera. Uh, we like to say that video is a really powerful amplifier. So you know we're talking into microphones right now, of, like when you speak into that microphone and you're in a stadium, it, it blares it out, right? And it amplifies it. That's what video does. So video is going to amplify your confidence or it's going to amplify your fear. And so part of being confident on camera is knowing what you know, okay? Now, the other thing that sets people apart is that they believe that video has to be scripted. Mm -hmm. And we are actually fighting mightily against that. We love to have conversations on camera. What you and I are doing, we, we're recording a podcast, but we're having a video conversation. Okay. We're looking at each other in the eye. We are communicating over video. Now, it just so happens that the camera is there, but really the camera doesn't exist if I'm focusing on you. So one of our tricks and one of the things that we do with all our clients is we have them talk to somebody off camera. And when you do that, 
you have a conversation with a person and that other person, you know, as we're talking, um, you, your energy, like you're helping me be available to you and to the audience. You're responding. There's nonverbal communication. Like right now you're shaking your head, right? Your, your eyes get big or like you are able to draw out of me. And what I'm doing is I'm communicating with you and I'm not communicating with the camera. And that's one of the tricks that we employ with everybody. I mean, there, there are literally only a handful of videos in our library that have been scripted. The rest have all been conversations that our clients have had with somebody off camera. Absolutely. Love it. So a couple of things you mentioned that is worth repeating is um, you got to be interacting with your customers. And if you're interacting with your customers and presenting and, and showing what you do, then that's what you do naturally, right? And right. Uh, you just show up on camera and you just share that and it becomes more comfortable. And I love the fact that you, you mentioned that the camera becomes an amplifier, either it amplifies your strength or your weakness. Yeah. And whichever it is, I think you got, I think that exposure helps us improve either way. Whether it's a weakness that it shows that I'm like, all right, that's a weakness I need to fix. And or here's a strength that I need to just bank on and keep going and get better at it, which I, either way is a good thing to me. Um, yeah, you know, and, and just something here, you know, you and I are doing a, a live video right now. Um, live video is a little bit different than what most people maybe are comfortable with or used to. Um, you and I have done this a lot, so we're very comfortable having a conversation. It doesn't really matter that we're live. But one of the really big benefits of video and what people maybe traditionally think is that you can mess up. You can say stop or cut <laughs> and you could redo it. That's one of the really powerful things is that you can polish yourself. So you can say something 10 times and maybe you get it on the 10th take. Well, guess what? There's an editor on the other side of that video that can absolutely make it sound like you nailed that thing in one take. So video in that way is very forgiving. So you don't have to nail it. Like, you know, if I make a mistake now, I have to, you know, correct myself and it's going out, it's already out there. But when you're recording video, um, you can make something that sounds like you just nailed it on the first take. So that's, we love that about video. So have that confidence going in. Like I can do a take and I completely can screw it up or I can say, Hey, I can say this better. And we do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like we can say, you know what? That didn't sound quite right. That was confusing. Can we add to that? And your editors can stitch it together. That's beautiful part of video, mm -hmm. that forgiving aspect. Absolutely. Like when I'm recording something for my videos, Usually it takes me about five or six takes, if not more, to produce something that I, I like it and I'm comfortable with how yeah. I presented myself and the idea. And then, like you said, I could just redo it again. And the producers and the editors could just, like you said, stitch it together and make something even nicer out of it, which yeah. sometimes I'm like, wow, I didn't know that's possible. Well, and, you know, part of confidence, like you think of a trapeze artist, they're confident because quite often there's a net underneath them. Now, they're crazy if there's not, but, you know, video is an all you have this big net underneath you. You can't really fail. You know, if you are having a conversation with somebody behind the camera and you have a safety net of knowing you could do multiple takes and that all that all the mistakes and messes can be cleaned up in editing, then really there's nothing to be scared of. You're like there's no audience staring at you. You kind of forget the cameras there. Like it's really, really easy when you think of it that way. Absolutely.
Absolutely. So we talked about coming up with content ideas, like unlimited content ideas, because uh, I think that's one one spot where people get get hung up and they get stuck is like, what am I going to talk about on video? And then that's they're like, oh, I have nothing to share with people. People are probably not interested in what I have to say, so I'm just not going to do it anyway. So what's the best way to come up with ideas that are interesting that I could like get out there and you know have people engage? Well, this this should be really easy for anybody that is in the business of like solving problems. You get asked questions all the time. You got questions coming in to customer service or front desk. You have questions coming in your email box. Uh, you have questions coming in via the web. You have questions on social media. The first thing you should always consider is answer questions. There are things that people are asking you all day long. Like, like right now, Mustafa, you have questions, right? What I'm doing is I'm answering your questions about video and questions that your audience has. So that right there is a shortcut. Answer questions that people commonly ask. Now, there's an even cooler shortcut if you love technology. Um, there's something called Google that most of us use day in and day out. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things about Google is you can type keywords into the search box. And one of the things you'll see as you scroll down are a list of questions. What Google is actually doing for you is they are telling you based on that keyword, what are the questions that people are asking? So that's one of the first things I'll tell people is if you don't even know what questions are going on in your marketplace, type in some of the keywords that people would use. So for me, I could go in and type in uh, marketing video or Facebook ad. And I could see what are people asking in regards to those topics. And I've got video content really all day long. There's just an unlimited number of questions there. So that's definitely one shortcut. Questions that come in from your marketplace and then questions that the marketplace is putting into Google. Those are two really good shortcuts. And it, it should give you months of content. Absolutely. That That is a beautiful... I, I'm actually, as you're talking, I'm testing it here right here on google yeah so what did you type in i just say big mistakes to avoiding your in your videos i just that's what i searched and the questions okay. that google is uh, google is suggesting is, is it says people also ask that's a box that's it that's right? it people also ask and then here's a question what should be avoided when making video what mistakes should i avoid is it difficult to edit videos why does video editing take so long and it gives you questions that you can now go out and answer on a video, on a blog, on audio, you name it. And then you could send it and 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 you know answer those questions. And and think of how why that's important from an organic standpoint is that Google is telling you what people need to know. And when you give Google what people need to know, guess what they prioritize in their search results? Those questions. Exactly what they told you to write about. <laughs> Exactly. They tell you exactly what to give them. Yeah. And then, feed, the, feed the machine what it's asking for. Love it. That was a million dollar content advice there, Bob. Thanks for sharing that. So here's what you do, gang. Go on Google. Think about the problems that people are having and questions or problems that they always raise and bring up. Then you go on Google, search for those keywords. And I came up with another idea that I'm going to try for my next episodes on the show. And that is... You know how I, in the beginning I said, in this episode, you're going to discover this, this, and that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm actually yeah. going to put that on Google and get the most relevant 
question that Google is telling me people are searching for. Now, when we do the transcription of the show, this piece of content is going to be more relevant to what Google is telling me I should. That was a thank you for that. That was a million dollar idea right there. You're welcome. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So there is like unlimited ideas there, gang. Like all the challenges, fears, frustrations that your people are experiencing, questions that they bring up on social media, on your customer service desk, um, things that they tell you when they tell you, you know what, they call you up, they're like, Mustafa, Bob, I'm having this issue this week, right? Yep. And then it could go out there and be like, here's an issue that you might be experiencing this week, and here's how we can help you fix it, or how to fix it, yep. right? So there's a... There's just so many ideas there. Like you said, it's unlimited. Yeah, we, we have a lot of e-commerce and SaaS clients. So with an e-commerce, you're talking about a product. There's all kinds of questions that come into your customer service inbox, asking questions about, does the product do this? Does the product have this, right? There's so many things that come in on a daily basis. You should have videos for all those different things that come in, right? And then you think with a SaaS company, you know, does your software perform this? Does your software have this feature? I mean, you could literally go and do videos on each one of the features in your product. You could go through and do, you know, scenarios with, you know, it's, it's just unlimited, the stuff that you can do. You know, that all gets picked up. If you put that on your YouTube channel, you put that on your website, all of that gets picked up organically. Then you share that on your LinkedIn, you share that on Facebook, you share it on Twitter. That's what you're doing. You're feeding the machines the content that they know people are that they want. You know, this is all predicated on you being available to answer people's questions. Uh, if if you get one thing out of this interview, it's about you asking, I'm sorry, it's about you answering people's questions. That's what the machines are prioritizing. So that's what we need to feed the machines back. Give them answers to people's questions. Love it. And the beauty of what you're suggesting here is that these are questions and stuff that you are answering on a daily basis. Anyway, you don't need yeah. a ton of confidence answering that question. It's like you're, you could, you, you could answer that question in your sleep. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. So let's move on to our next question. And that is how do we get video done easily? Yeah, so we're demonstrating one of the ways that we have a lot of clients do video. They they turn on StreamYard, they turn on Zoom, they they have some sort of way to like we're creating live video. Um, you're going to use this video in multiple ways. You're going to create clips of this. Uh, you're going to have the complete show, like it's on a YouTube channel, it's on your LinkedIn. This is one great way to do video is is get on a uh, a tool like StreamYard and have a list of questions and get interviewed by somebody. That is one great way to do video. Now, the other thing that people should realize is you are literally walking around with the most powerful video camera that the world has ever known in your pocket. <laughs> um, you don't need to buy a $1,500, $2,000 DSLR camera. Um, you literally are carrying it around one of the most powerful video cameras ever to be produced. Um, I'm not sure. I think I have an iPhone 12, um, but this iPhone, I believe, has a 4K camera on it. 4K. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, you don't need to do 4K. Uh, 4K is four times uh, bigger <laughs> than 1080. 1080 is perfect for video, uh, for web video. So, 
you know, we're able to literally put that camera on and, and have this powerful video cam in front of us. So how do you do that effectively? Well, it takes a little bit getting used to doing like a live where you're just looking into a camera. So, you know, going back to our shortcut, I, I would suggest if you're kind of brand new to video that you only do video where you are getting interviewed, either the person is behind the camera holding it, right? Or you're doing something like you and I are doing right now. Always, always frame your videos in terms of questions and answers. And the more that you could look at the person and, and answer their question, the, the more confident you're going to be in camera. Now, you know that with anything that as you do it more and more, you get practice, right? I'm a high school basketball coach. I deal with fundamentals. Like we are doing things repetitively over and over and over. As we do those skills, we develop that skill, we develop that talent, and we develop a level of comfort. So if you're not a good basketball handler, meaning you can't dribble the ball really confidently, if you dribble the ball and do drills every day, by the end of the season, you're going to be more confident and better at that skill. Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing applies to video. The more you do video, the more you're going to be comfortable, the better at it you're going to be. Now, if we went and looked at some of your first couple episodes, you probably are like, oh, I was terrible. I was a terrible interviewer. The quality wasn't good. You know, the, the interviews were awkward. But now you've done dozens, hundreds of these. Like, you're really good at it now. And you're confident at it. And you, you create really good content. So that, that, to me, is the way you go. You, you either use your webcam like you and I do, or you have somebody that you trust take your powerful video camera you know, get yourself uh, a tripod off of Amazon for $15, set that thing up and have them start and stop the camera and, and talk to them, have them ask you the questions and you answer them. All right. That's to me, the easiest way for you to get this thing done. You do not need an expensive studio. You do not need an expensive camera. That's not what this is about. Now, once you get to the point where you're somebody like a Gary V, right? Like you, you have this level of expectation. You, you can step up the professionalism. You could step up those things, right? But you don't need to do that. People don't really desire that. Like video quality, you know, um, I'm not a technical person, but I know as long as your video is lit well and the sound is good, it's good enough. You know, don't don't obsess over the perfection of the technical quality of your video. Now, when you hire us, we're going to make sure it looks good. It's going to be very professional, but you you don't need to obsess over the technical aspects of it. If that's what's holding you back, throw that aside. You don't need to do that. The expectations people have significantly have dropped even during COVID. Like we're all used to Zoom video, right? All they care about is, can I hear you? Can I see you? And are you answering my question? It's it's the content that is most important. That's that's what you really want to focus in on. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I I see people like you said they get hung up on this whole tech aspects of things. Like mm -hmm. I need a two thousand dollar or twenty thousand dollar studio, and I need to do yada yada yada. What do you what do you say about making a video more effective like you're you're now sitting in your office you don't have like yeah. some some and um, you know a professional cnn looking you know background you know no you're sitting in your office and talking and i think that's all that matters can you talk about 
the, how how we make a, a video more effective so we're more focused on the effectiveness of the video and not what's on my background yeah i mean you're using a virtual background correct you right. don't have a brick wall behind you okay no for all i know you could have this complete mess behind you right so I, I don't use virtual backgrounds and we don't use those too much for our clients, but it's a really effective way to kind of hide what's behind you, right? It's not distracting, pick something that works. Now, I my background is kind of staged and I have a very plain background on purpose. I've got my book up there. I've got pictures of my family. I've got a couple member pieces of memorabilia. It's very simple. It's not distracting. It's very subtle. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're in a place that people aren't focusing on your background. <laughs> like, you know, we've been in <laughs> our our video team is on site today and um, they sent me a picture of this client's area and it's a complete god awful mess. They had to literally move garbage around so that they had a clean place and a clean backdrop. So don't have a cluttered background. If you have a very cluttered background, go ahead and employ the old virtual background so you can hide all that mess. Okay. But if you've got a place like we're, we're sitting here and we are not distracted by our backgrounds at all. You and I are the focus of this. Like it's, it's, it's you and I. And so, you know, I, I've got a good mic here, but you know, a lot of times I'll use just a simple Plantronics headset here. I've got a Logitech webcam and I have a light in front of me. All right. You can see it shining off my real shiny head. Okay. Yeah. Um, too. yeah right. So, like I said, your video needs to sound good. It needs to look good. So make sure you don't have shadows on yourself. Make sure your face is lit up. Like those are things that absolutely are critical. Can they hear me? Can they see me? All right. Once you have it in place, then it's all about the content. All right. Mm -hmm. So you want to do things. So if you're structuring a good video, okay, and, and you're editing this, all right, one of the things you want to focus in on is, is the beginning. It's the punch at the beginning. You want to hook them. All right. Mm -hmm. So when we're producing a video that that's going to go out on social media or it's going to be an advertisement, the first five, 10 seconds of that video are so critical. Now, one of the mistakes we made as a company early on is we focused in on the visual aspects. We had the logo flying in and, you know, it looked real pretty and looked real effective. But what we learned is that the viewership would drop within the first few seconds, because you can see stats and all this. And we realize, oh my goodness, we're doing our clients a disservice. What we've changed to instead is we hit them with the hook at the beginning and it's the hook that keeps you in, right? Mm -hmm. this, is what the, this is what the news organizations do with their headlines, right? They hook you at the beginning. And so we have to mimic that because attention is at an, it, there's a deficit of attention. So we have to do our best not to sensationalize, not to overdramatize, but we definitely have to give them at the beginning, we have to hook them, we have to make them go, I want to hear more. So we always make sure that we start our videos with a hook. And that's why having your video produced and edited is really critical because there's, there's probably things that I've already said that are really important that if we were going to put together and edit this, so people aren't interested necessarily. I, I told an interesting story at the beginning and you read my bio, but that's not going to hook somebody. You know, I gave a tip about how to like give great content. So you might choose to take that clip and put that at the beginning of this. If you're going to promote this episode, you're going to be like, hey, I've got a great tip on how to, you know, get unlimited content using just the Google search algorithm. 
Well, that needs to go at the beginning because that's something that people are interested in. They're not interested necessarily in, okay, what are Bob's accomplishments and things like that? That's all interesting. But what you want to do is you want to hook them at the beginning. And then you, of course, you give them the good content. And then a, a video is going to be good if you have something at the end that says, here's what to do next. So if you can get the hook right, if you can have interesting content and then you give them that call to action or what do I do next, then you've got a really powerful video in your hands. Love it. Bob, what do you think of the introduction that I did to this show? And I said, in this video, you'll discover in this live show or episode, you'll do how to be confident on video, how to do this, how to be, avoid the mistakes. And you're going to watch me get exposed and coached by Bob. Hey, what do you think of that? And how would you improve that? What you want to do, I think the way I would improve it, I, and I love that you started with, here's what you're going to learn. Um, what you could do to improve that is, you know, today you are going to learn how to be confident on video and you could be even more impactful and say, you know, Bob is going to share two ways, two easy ways that everybody can learn how to be confident on video. So you hit them with something really early, something very specific that they need to listen for that's going to make a really powerful opener. Um, so th that's what, th that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, you, it, it, we're employing direct marketing principles here, right? It's, it's the headline and it's the first paragraph. That's what you want to do at the beginning of a, of a video. It's what you want to do at the beginning of an interview, hit them with the thing that they are going to be interested in hearing, which gets them like, I need to listen to this. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's the way to go. Love it. So, make it more compelling, give them something to look for. Here's a couple of things that we're going to talk about. Make, make, make sure you stay tuned. And yeah, so, you know, gang, if you're watching as he's teaching this, what I used to do, like, like Bob was saying, the first, this is episode 88. You got to watch the first 10 or 20 episodes that I've done. <laughs> like, it's like day and night difference. And like he said, yeah. it, it's repetition to build the confidence and become better at it. And I'm like learning new things almost every week. So in yep. the beginning, we'll be like, oh, you got to really listen to this podcast and it's amazing. Here's who I am and how amazing I am. Download this and that. And then people would not, they would like start, but they don't, they don't care about how awesome I am. They're right. there to, I guess, listen and get, get, get value and learn some insights and tips about their problems. Right. So as soon yep. as we switch to, here's what you're going to learn. And at the very first thing that comes out of my mouth at, our viewership and the, the you know the time length average time length i don't know what the kpi for that is it just went up it be, because it just became more interesting and we made it more about them and not about me i was self-centered yeah. in the beginning <laughs> yeah and that boy i mean you really touched on something there too and that is you know what what we don't like to produce are what we call marketing narcissist videos where it's like hey it's all about me um one of the things that you should always have in mind is it's always about the person who is watching so one of our tricks i, I guess i call it a trick it's one of our methods is we get our clients talking about how they've transformed their clients lives that is one very powerful video you can do. And you could do, if, if you've been in business a long time, you could go through and, and, you know, without, without violating privacy, whatever, but, you know, you could say, Hey, you know, I've got this client who's in the food industry and, you know, they serve this type of client and just tell a story about how you transform their life. Um, 
especially if you're in that personal service type business or you have a product that helps like if you could focus in on how your product how your service transforms people's lives and tell it from that aspect then you become the vessel that they're hearing about this through and it's not about you 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 get to you get the spotlight you know it's shown on you but you're highlighting the transformation and that's what people are after right ultimately you know one of one of the things that maybe you kind of picked up is that the clients we work with are in the process of transforming people's lives now maybe in small ways it may be in significant ways but one of the things you would find in common with all our clients is that they have customers that have transformational stories and so one of the best ways for you to feature yourself on video is to talk about how you transform people's lives without bragging right it's not bragging if you're just telling somebody else's story. So that's a very powerful way for you to produce video and, and talk about how awesome you are without being bragging. Right. Uh, so how would you formulate, say, the, the headline of that video? What would that look like? Okay. So let me... Give me one of your well, examples. Yeah, I'm going to give you an example. So uh, we've, we've, we've got this dental client. Uh, he's in Canada. And so one of the videos we created is, you know, he talked about a woman who um, actually, so this, the story was that she was actually glad the pandemic happened because she got to wear a mask in public. All right. She was afraid to show off her. She, she would actually stay home because she was afraid to smile in public. So he told the story about this woman. I, I obviously I don't remember her name, but that she actually enjoyed going out during the pandemic. She had the mask on and she, she got the courage to come in. She saw actually one of his videos on Facebook and saw like, you seem like a friendly person. You seem like you were empathetic to me. So she came in, she saw one of the videos that we did for him on Facebook. She came in and said, you know, I've, I've, I've got confidence to go out because people don't have to look at my mouth. But he told the story of how, you know, over a period of three months, he was able to work with her. And, you know, she actually then became like, hey, I want to show off my smile. She actually was able to do that. So all he did was tell that story, you know, and there's a lot of lessons in that. But he, he told about how she was afraid to show her mouth off. And now she was actually waiting for the pandemic to end so that she could smile at more people in public. That's that's just ver one very simple example is it was about her story. And the expertise came through is that, hey, you know, in three months, you know, she had a really severe issue, dental issue, but we were able to get her from, I'm glad to wear a mask to, I can't wait to take this mask off so I could show it off. And so what he was able to do was show off his expertise. Like I fixed her smile. And you you get that subconsciously, right? He didn't have to say, I fixed the smile. It's just, this is what we did and this is how her life changed. Hmm. And that's how you do that, is you just talk about that transformation. Love it. It's kind of like how to go from a smile shame to a confident smile. Here's a yeah, now, now, yeah, you put that in an ad, right? You're kind of bragging about your work, but now you you turn that to a story and you have a person, right? And you actually have a picture of her in that video, you know, like she's smiling on camera. That's so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people love that. People love. Here, here's what I love. One of the things that I do for fun.
There are videos on YouTube of these detail shops, car detail shops, and they bring in this nasty, dirty, filthy vehicle, and they transform it from a filthy, nasty vehicle into a shiny, good-looking vehicle. And I love the transformation. Awesome. Like, if there's a way for you to do that, and I'm trying to figure out how I could do it for what I do. Uh, I mean, in, in business services, it's kind of it's kind of difficult, but. Well, let's let's think about this. Look, let's do a little live live coaching here. Let's so, so just remind people what you do and let let's walk through it. So I run a call what center. Problem? Sure, I run a call center that specializes in customer retention and follow ups. Okay, so we've got a business owner. All right, we put her or him on camera, and they would say, "Man, like." We, we, we have this problem. We have this leaky bucket, right? We are losing customers left and right. And I have no idea how to solve this problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we, we started working with Mustafa. All right. And what we had before we started, we, we used to lose 27% of our customers after working, we got that retention rate. We, we are now we are down to only losing 7% of our customers. Okay. And we would word it differently. Right. But right. we have a 90, we have a 93% retention rate. Okay. And it's, it's because we started working and we're using the systems and the team that Mustafa has trained, like you solve the major issue. So the retention rate is now 93%. And what does that mean in terms of revenue, right? You can get that client to say, that's worth an extra $333,000 in revenue for us this year, mm -hmm. all right? You didn't have to brag about, you didn't have to talk about all the things you do. All you did was you said, <laughs> this client, like they went from you know 82% retention to 93% and it was worth this. You just stated facts. Right. And now you put that client on camera and she's like, I can sleep at night. Right. You know, I was actually able to take a vacation. I was able to take a couple of days off. Right. I was able to go with my family to Disney. Like you can talk about like how how did that how did that retention rate problem being solved actually affect you personally? And you want to dig into that. That's what the powerful thing is. Right. Love and it. it puts a hot, it, it totally puts you in the spotlight without you having to say even like what you do. You just, mm -hmm. you just come across as I solved that problem. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what's the best way for me to approach my customers to get that video from them without, cause I, th I think that's one, another, another hiccup. I don't want to bother my customers and, and how do I right. get them on video and the rest of it? Well, I think one of the things that we have to get past as a business owner is, is understanding that when you are able to solve somebody's problem and you have a, a major transformational uh, impact on them, they do want to talk about that. Okay. Um, you think, think of the way you buy things like Amazon isn't driven by like product descriptions. What is Amazon driven by? Reviews, right? Amazon is driven by reviews. Um, the product description has very little uh, effect on whether that product sells or not. What sells is the products that have the highest reviews. So Amazon takes their algorithm and features the products that are most reviewed or highest reviewed by their customers. And so part of your job as a business that is serving the public 
is to have some sort of system in place to to get reviews and get testimonials. Mm -hmm. So what people need to understand is that most customers will be willing to at least give you a reviewer testimonial, but will also be willing to get on camera with you if you make it easy. All right. So one of the things we do for clients is we get on uh, a tool like this. I, I I believe we use like Riverside or we may use StreamYard, but we get on there and we just on behalf of the client actually ask the questions for them. So you don't even have to be the person asking the question. Have somebody like an interested third party and they're able to talk a lot more freely um, and very honestly about how you help. But most of it is just you just need to ask. And if you if you have done right by somebody and their life has positively changed, they do want to tell others about you. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of you asking them. Love it. Um, so I think that the, 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 the approach to have someone else reach out and get videos and testimonials and stuff from your customers is a much easier way and it would be less confrontational because now I don't have to go to my customers and say, Hey, can you share a video about how awesome I am? But if say a team member does it or another company or third party comes in and say, Hey, uh, you know, like you said, we work with Mustafa and we, we were trying to help him grow his business. Would you be open to share a video about your experience? Then it's going to be a lot easier. Like you said, That's the time to ask for a testimonial is the time in which they're the most satisfied, which is generally when they when they reach out to you in some way or when the service is like performed. So we have a client who's a roofing contractor. And so they have a process in place that literally when they finish the job and they're looking at the roof and they're they reviewed and the customer's like, yes, you know, everything went well. Uh, you, you left my, my yard clean. The roof looks great. Hey, would you, would you mind doing a quick testimonial for us? Most people will, will say absolutely. Right. You make it that easy. So the time to ask for those things is when they're most satisfied. Now, if you come back to them six months later, you're probably not going to get them on camera. So the time to ask for it is when they're most satisfied with what you're doing. So you know, if you have, let's say, a uh, check-in call with your client and they say, oh, man, we had a great month. You know, we we our retention rate was as high as it's ever been. And in that call, you could say, that is fantastic. We love having you as a client. Would, would you mind sharing that story on camera with, with one of our people? Most of the time, they're going to say, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you always ask when they've expressed that uh, that satisfaction to you or like right after you deliver the service. Those are the times to ask for those things when they're most receptive to doing it. Love it, Bob. You literally read my mind about my questions. <laughs> and, and I've had that experience as well. Like like when you said exactly, like when we, when we deliver the service and they're happy and they're high in their emotions about the satisfaction and the rest of it, that's the time to ask for a testimonial. And like you said, I've done it even as, a, a, as short as a month later, they forgot mm -hmm. about the whole experience. The emotion is gone. And right. now it's too late. Now you have to convince them. They have to remember what happened. And, but when they're happy and hot on, on the transformation, that's like you said, is the best time too. Yep. Um, what tips do you have for, uh, do you guys do long format videos? Yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, I, I have a general rule with video length. So okay. 
Uh, it depends on your relationship. So somebody you don't know, so we'll say this is top of funnel cold traffic, you generally want to have a shorter video. Mm-hmm. All right. When they move into the middle of the funnel and you're in that nurturing process, that relationship building process, you have the grace to go a little bit longer. Once they've kind of reached the bottom of the funnel or they become customers, then long form video is absolutely acceptable. Right. So you, you think about this in terms of the podcast world. We're, we're going to do about an hour show here. Um, if if we were going to go out to a cold audience, we would probably take a a two minute, one minute clip of this interview. And we would say like, it would be, you know, Bob talking about how to get great testimonials, right? You know, we'd have something around that. That would go to cold traffic. And then what you would do is you invite them in to an extended version of that, right? Maybe we spent five or 10 minutes talking about that. You would do a five or 10 minute video because that topic interested them. Now, people who are fans of yours, right? They are here to listen. They, they, they listen to and watch all your interviews, right? Now, now they're willing to sit down and say, we know that you ask good questions. We know that you have good guests. We're going to sit down and watch your hour interview. So your relationship, uh, the strength of your relationship, the stronger and tighter the relationship, the longer video that you can use. That's not a hard and fast rule, but it's a general rule that we tend to follow and have had success with. Love it. And that's something that I I think another thing that I need to implement for my show is we don't share small snippets of the shows. And so I think that's, that was a great tip. If you're doing longer format um, content. Yeah. I mean, you, you've had amazing guests on the show. So if you could go through, have an editor go through and go, um, even as you're doing this interview, you could be like, you could just look at the clock and go, oh, wow, at 45 minute mark, Bob said this, just a quick note and say, like, remember that. Then you could go back to your editor and say, hey, take out a minute clip where Bob talked about how to get really powerful testimonials, put that into a one minute clip, put that out there. You know, you could you could put that on LinkedIn. You could get do some organic stuff. You could even, you know, throw it on Facebook or YouTube, put some money behind it. You're going to then you're, you're out there looking for new listeners. You're going to say, oh, well, that's an interesting topic. And then, you know, you have a clip from this guest, clip from this guest. You're going after cold traffic and getting them interested in the show. And then, you know, you drive them into your show page where maybe you have longer clips or you just say, hey, here's the extended interview with Bob. If you want to hear more about how to be confident on video, you know, you could you could go through that. So that's a really good way if you're out building a platform is to use those shorter video clips to attract that cold new audience. And then you're pulling them into your longer form content, longer articles, things like that. Got it. I've seen um, I've seen Tim Ferriss do that effectively where he shares snippets of his show and i I was wondering why he does that well and i've been listening to the snippets but now that you talked about it i'm like i had an aha moment like okay that's the easier way to bring people in and like we got 88 hours of content from the show alone that we could put out there and we've got hours and hours of content from my workshops that i could create snippets from and put it out there Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like the previews, right? It's the trailer, right? You see the movie trailer and decide, do I want to watch the whole movie? Right. Um, maybe it's a show like, like, so think of, think of like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, right? 
what do you see if you watch network TV between like seven and 10 PM, like they're showing you tonight on Jimmy, they give you this guest, this guest, this thing. And he, and you make a decision. Oh, do I want to stay up for that? Do I want to DVR it? Right. That's what they're doing is they're like, you may be a fan of Jimmy Fallon, but you're not going to watch every Jimmy Fallon show, but you're yeah. like, Oh, I got to be sure to catch that. Right. So you could do the same thing. You've got 88 different topics, you know, like, I'm talking about video. Maybe some people are interested in that, but you had another guest that was talking about sales letters or talking about phone sales or whatever the topic is. And like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, that's been top of mind for me. Like I would really want to hear about how to, to increase my sales. So, you know, they see that snippet on LinkedIn and go, Oh man, I got, I got to do that. So, you know, you've got, you're sitting on a gold mine of content, right? Like you can leverage all this stuff that you used before and say, I've got this whole basically seminar, right? This hour talk with a sales expert, like, you know, here, here are three or four things that, that we could snip out of there that are really, really cool that would get them to like, I want, I want to learn more. Right. And that's like, Hey, I watched that episode. And now the next time they see something like, Oh, well, that was a really good interview. You know, this is a really good show. Like that's something else I'm interested in. So that that's how you build up that following is you share those tidbits and that's what pulls them into your longer form content. Love it. Um, Bob, do you mainly focus on Facebook or do you deal with say YouTube and other platforms as well when it comes to video and advertising? Really interesting. So I'm, I'm a Facebook guy, right? I, I wrote the book. It's sitting behind me. But one of the things that were the, the drummer beating this year and, and going forward is video is platform agnostic. Um, there has been a lot of upheaval in the paid advertising space, right? It's more difficult today to advertise on Facebook than it's ever been. It's expensive to advertise on, on YouTube and, and Facebook, right? There's a lot of things that are working against kind of the common advertiser. So we've actually spent a lot of time helping people say like, look, you've got this video, right? How many ways can we slice this video up and use this video? So when, when you create a video, you know, I want you thinking about how can I add this to my platform so that people can find this. You're building up your, your, your organic reach. So we have people focusing on using video, certainly on a YouTube channel. You want to be repurposing it in your LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram feeds. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you want to have it on your website. You want to take that video and transcribe it. You can turn that into blog posts. You could turn that into email content. Mm -hmm. um, you could even use video in your emails. There's a tool like BombBomb. You could insert video emails there. You could send them to a page, you know, where the video lives. So we, we, we want people to be understanding that video is a tool to communicate with the marketplace and the platform really doesn't matter. Um, you're going to cater it to your, to each platform a little bit differently, but you know, video is a tool that can be used in whatever platform you're currently using and certainly ported to platforms that you haven't even thought about. Interesting. Um, how, let's talk about Facebook. How, let's say that like we've got a value bomb here over the past hour and I could probably get at least, I don't know, 10 or 15 snippets that are really <laughs> valuable we could put out there. Is there a limit on how often I could post on on Facebook so that it would be effective, it would have the reach, and then like does Facebook penalize me for putting 10 videos out in a day? Yeah, so it, it, there's really, it, it depends on whether somebody follows you or not. 
Um, somebody who doesn't follow you, if you're pushing content out to them, maybe boosting it or a paid ad, uh, somebody that doesn't follow you is only going to see two pieces of content at most from you in a given day. Um, if they follow your page, um, typically what they say is they, they'll, they'll show up to four pieces of content. So in my opinion, it's, it's not worth the stress of having to come up with volumes and volumes of, of content. I would focus in on maybe doing one thing a day, maybe putting a little bit of money behind it to boost it on okay. Facebook, but don't, don't, don't be thinking that you're going to like overwhelm the algorithm and just you're going to put a bunch of stuff out. I, I, I don't think that that works. Now, if you're going to do something like Twitter, uh, with Twitter, you know the newsfeed expires really, really rapidly. So what you see people do there is they have one piece of content that they're going to promote on the day and they're posting it every few hours. So one piece of content you promote it four or five times during the day. Um, with LinkedIn, you know. Um, Typically, you want to post something in the morning or right after lunch when most people are on there. Um, one one piece of content a day is not is enough. Like, um, it's not a volume play. It, it's a quality play. It's a consistent play. Um, if you're consistent and you get people to engage with it, then Facebook and LinkedIn and all those other platforms will certainly send more people to you because of your consistency and and most importantly the engagement you have with your content. Love it. Uh, so, gang, if you're watching or listening, uh, Twitter, you can post more often mm -hmm. than the rest because they expire faster. LinkedIn, morning or after lunch would be a good time. And it's more about quality and consistency than just the volume. Love it, love it, love mm -hmm. it. Um, uh, Bob, do you have a go-to software or platform that you use to push content across multiple platforms? Yeah, I've played. I've played with a bunch of them. Um, I I don't I don't have any currently that I'm using. I I've been using Hootsuite. Um, it was good enough. Um, I found that it's just as easy to post it to the different platforms um, manually. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think there's anything that I'm like, oh, this thing is amazing. Maybe your listeners have a better idea than me. Um, I'm a little bit old school. I don't like to complicate things, so. Maybe I'm showing my colors. So yeah. One platform that I saw that was about creating smart um, snippets was lately.ai. Okay, I haven't heard of that. All right. So yeah, so this thing I haven't I haven't tested it, but I see I, I heard Gary V and a bunch of other guys testing it. So apparently it's pretty smart at picking out snippets that are valuable. And it's an AI machine that you could create video and audio and stuff and, and even text. I actually went through a little uh, what you might call it, uh, demo with them, but I haven't actually signed up for it to do it, and I've, it's been on my list. So I was okay. wondering, what's, what a, what's that? Yeah. Late, lately. Lately.ai. Interesting. Lately.ai. And Gary V actually promoted it or or talked about it. I was like, I should check it out. Anyway. Cool. So another question: How how are you doing for time? We're good. Do you need to run, or you're good for another few minutes? I'm good for another few minutes. Okay. So what's the best way to get views on uh, for video views on say Facebook or YouTube if your channel or videos are dead? If your videos or channel are dead. Like you're not getting enough views because you see some people that are like getting, you know, a ton of views and you see some people, I don't know, some of my videos don't get a ton of views. So what's the okay. best way for me to say get more viewership without spending money on ads and stuff. Okay. So just understand that 
content is a quality play, not a quantity play, but you do have to have some quantity because some things hit, most things don't. Okay. It's very much a, like you put out 10 pieces and maybe one has for whatever reason gets people um, interested. So it's all based on triggers of engagement, right? So if people are viewing like the most important, the most important stat on YouTube is viewership. Okay. So if your video gets watched and it gets watched for a longer period of time, um, that is good for that piece of content. Um, the likes and dislikes are important always, right? Same thing on Facebook, but it's really about, is this content fulfilling the engagement directive that all the social media channels are interested in? All they want is for people to stay on their platform, right? And so the way for that to happen is they need content that keeps their users engaged. So your whole goal is to create the most engaging content possible. Um, make sure that your videos have great titles that really speak to the person um, watching. Make sure they have good descriptions. Um, that's that's really key. Those are the things that are that those are the things that are most important. Okay. Um, so you're just naturally going to have content that that goes out there that you think is great that just is not going to get picked up. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. So you just have to be consistent with it. And some things, like I said, um, hit early, right? They hit early and then they they go um, and they and they and they basically build from there. So uh, I would say focus in on quality and focus on consistency and expect that certain things are going to and certain things are going to take off. That's the way it is. Absolutely. So one of the couple of things that I picked up was the consistency, the quality, the title and engagement. Yep. Which is important. Yep. And, and another piece that I think worth mentioning again is maybe one out of 10 or one out of 20 videos or contents that you're going to put out there is going to work and go viral and get a ton of videos. So the, the, the consistency play would become more important in, in that scenario where, you know, if you're consistently putting content out every day or every week, eventually one of them or two of them or so many of them is going to get. I think the 80-20 the yep. rule is applies there as well. Yeah, in some cases, it's a 95-5 rule. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, uh, Bob, could you please tell us about your uh, gift for the audience and um, what they're going yeah. to do? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for posting that. So uh, feedstories.com forward slash CCM. Um, we have a content creation masterclass. It's free. Uh, you know, just give us your name and email and, uh, we will, we'll have it to you instantly. It's, um, we, we created a tool. So a number of years ago, we hosted a live workshop and we, we needed to come up with a tool that will kind of help people take a piece of content and figure out how to use it in multiple ways. And so, um, when you go to this page, um, you're going to be able to download a PDF of what we call the content creation matrix. And it's and then we have a 45 minute class that shows you how to go through it and actually use it. Um, it's really cool. Um, and I will tell you right now that that tool was developed in the shower. So like all your good ideas come like on airplanes and in showers when you like that's for me, it's just really weird. So um, I was doing this class with Brandon. Um, it was geared towards Facebook, but we wanted to spend a significant part of it talking about video content. And I'm, 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 
I'm my mind, my mind is working on it. Right. But I get away from my computer, I grab a shower and it hits me like how to structure this thing. Like the, the, the content comes out. So I'm repeating it to myself in the shower and finishing as fast as I can. I called Brandon and I am like, Hey, like I explained it to him and he's a visual guy. He goes, got it. So all the words on there, like came out of my head and he put it together visually. I think it's got a really cool tool. I don't know if you downloaded it, um, but we actually use that with our clients and people. It's one of the things they love is this tool that we give them that helps them do it. And we have a 45 minute training that kind of takes you through it. So we're really proud of that. So it's a great, great gift. Uh, if you're having trouble creating content, this is going to help you get over that hump really easily. Absolutely. You know, I, I did see that the matrix looks really good. And with the training that these guys are providing and sharing it with you for free, uh, it's a no brainer gang. Go ahead and opt in and get access to this content creation masterclass. Because like I mentioned in, in the beginning of the, uh, of the show, a lot of people get hung up on what I'm going to say and how I'm mm -hmm. going to say it. And uh, they run out of ideas. But again, uh, uh, Bob and his team are sharing uh, uh, the content creation masterclass for free. Uh, you get instant access to it, like you opt in and mm -hmm. boom, a thank you page. I did check that is is the training. So go ahead and get it and do reach out to Bob and tap into their expertise about video creation, about Facebook and other stuff that these guys do. They've been at it for a long time. And as you can see, they know and he knows what he's talking about. Um, I, I mean, if he if he didn't know what he was talking about, he probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> and so yeah bob can i ask some personal questions real quick sure let's see how personal you get sure uh what's what a new thing you've tried recently big or small um it's re recent enough um i i'm really into golfing with my wife both of us are athletes or we'll call it former athletes right we're in our 50s now um we're really competitive so the pandemic provided a great opportunity for us to like take our take that to the next level so we've been doing a lot of golfing i i had golfed maybe once or twice a year um if most for most of my 20s 30s and 40s and we really started to take it serious so we're, we're getting better at it um golf's a game where you're never really satisfied so um it it is a humbling game but you have enough success that you like go, oh, I think I can do this again. So, you know, there's always one or two shots around where you're like, wow, I can actually do this. And it keeps you motivated. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what we've been spending a lot of time on. It's fairly new to us and we're, it's something we enjoy doing together. Love it. Love it. What are your top favorite books of all time? Hmm. I really enjoyed um, um, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. I, I really enjoy that book. Um, I enjoy, so that, that, that's one of my favorite business books. I really enjoy reading biographies from comedians. Comedians are really interesting people. They generally have some sort of traumatic or interesting childhood um, that drives them into comedy. And I really, I really love reading those, those types of books. Um, I, I've obviously been in the business I'm in storytelling is really important. 
So I love watching comedians. I love reading comedians. I think they're the best storytellers on the planet. And so that helps me professionally, but also fulfills me personally. Um, particularly, I really enjoy Martin Short's book, Steve Martin's book, Tina Fey's book, Amy Poehler's book, um, Billy Crystal's book, which I've, those are five that I've read within the last couple of years. Um, and then I, I, you know, from another, another business book, you know, I know he's a friend of mine, but the 8020 uh, marketing by Perry Marshall is probably a must read for most people. Um, and then Breakthrough Advertising, which was a book written in 1966 by Eugene Schwartz, is a fundamental marketing book that I think everybody needs to read. It's really deep, but my whole concept of deep funnel marketing is, is based off of what I learned in that book. So th those are just some books that would jump to the surface for me. Love it. Um, what's one advice that made a massive impact in your life? Um, I, yeah, I, I would say from a young age, uh, my parents' mantra is always do your best. Uh, it's something that it's carried, I've carried with me all my life. Um, and that, that, that's advice that I found I give to others. I give it to my children. I give it to my clients. Always do your best. Um, the other thing that I that I really take from my my parents is um, invest in experiences rather than things. Um, experiences create memories. Things kind of fade away. So um, I've always I've always valued paying money for experiences. Like I enjoy spending money on those things. Um, really give us satisfaction personally, satisfaction as a family. Um, experiences over things. I think it's really good advice my dad gave me. Love it. Amazing, amazing. Now, last question. If you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone with access to internet on earth could see your ad, what would your message be for the people of earth? <laughs> um, my message would be um, you're valuable for who you are, not what you do. Um, if we could separate those things, so so much of so much of what we do as humans is we only place value on what we do, and and instead of just the inherent value that we have as human beings. So um, that would be my message. Um, you know, we 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 love people for who they are, not what they do. Love it. You're valuable for who you are, not what you do. Um, Bob, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing all the tips and all the nuggets that people could actually use starting right now, if not today, tomorrow, if you're too tired. And uh, <laughs> is there anything that you'd like to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about? No, we covered a lot. You asked great questions, um, really insightful. Thank you for digging those things out of me. Um, I, I just hope people were able to get some good ideas here, uh, maybe be inspired to get on camera, get that confidence that they need. Um, video is just the way in this in this 21st century to connect with your marketplace. So um, my advice is just get out there and do it. Do your best. Fantastic. Thank you very much, gang. As usual, if you're watching or listening, don't forget to subscribe to the channel or like the show on whichever platform you're watching. If you have any questions, post them as a comment and we'll get back to you. If you have a friend that could benefit, if you have a business owner friend and entrepreneur friend who could benefit from this conversation and the amazing nuggets that uh, Bob shared, please share them, uh, share the link with them and or tag them in a comment and uh, we will go from there.
Thank you for joining us and we'll see you on our next show. Bye now.